Hey, what's up, guys? Today we got a good show. We have Dina Abdul Kariman. She is the founder of Good D's, which is a low carb baking mix, ton of different products that they make there. But her story was pretty moving. So we talk about, you know, the why, why she got into creating low carb baking, baking mix. Also, how she started the company, you know, with $5,000, went, got rejection after rejection from co packers, finally got one that took a chance on her. And she was able to build the company, how she's building it sustainably, how she hasn't taken any money. She's been able to bootstrap the company and build from there. So that's been really, really interesting to hear. And then we also talk about how things have kind of come full circle and how her product is now helping her mom who has some medical issues and i won't spoil that that's later on in the show i think you know a moving story so it's just really really cool to hear from real humans like d that are out there doing stuff and then you know putting their heart into their businesses so i really enjoyed sitting with dina i think you will enjoy this episode as well but before we get into it this one is brought to you by cave we are a social media agency if you need help scaling your social ads, getting performance, creative, creating, executing content strategies. Don't hesitate to head to cavesocial.com. Hit that free consultation. We'd love to have a chat. Alrighty. Now let's sit back, relax, and get into this episode. Hey, Dina, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Let's hop right in. You've started goodies. It's a food company with a little bit of a twist, I would say. So I'm interested to hear how you came up with the company and then walk me through where you're at today. Sure. So I started Good Deeds in 2015, but it actually kind of started before then. I went low carb after I had my first son in 2012. And then 2013, I went like full force with it. But I missed all the foods that I used to eat. I was getting kind of bored. And so I started baking. I was always a pretty good baker but using alternative ingredients, alternative sweeteners, alternative flours. And so I'd have my family, I'm very close to my family. And so one time my sister, my big sister came over, we both live in New York and she tried my cookies and I, was, I didn't tell her they were sugar-free. And then she tried it. She goes, these are really good. She goes, there's no sugar in them. I go, no. <laughs> she goes, they're low carb. I go, yeah. And she goes, you should sell these. And the joke in my family is that don't tell me to do something. Cause I'm <laughs> like, if they even suggest me, like the joke is, they talk about a restaurant and I've already booked it and the dessert is there and it's already planned. So I took that and I ran with it and I was actually going to start selling pre-made cookies, but then I am kind of indecisive and I was like, should I do grass fed butter? Should I do coconut oil? Some people don't like the taste of coconut. Some people are dairy free. So I said, let me make a mix and they can decide for themselves. And that's really how it happened. I went to like shows in New York and just gave samples out and got a lot of feedback and it was great feedback. And then to find a co-packer and a co-packer is someone who would actually make the mixes for me. There are certain states that will do like homestead where you can do it in your house. New York is not one of them. And so I had to find a facility that's approved to make them. I got over 60 rejections. They said I'm too small. The run would be too small. And then I found someone who was, she was so nice. And she goes, I can't help you, but I know someone who can. So she directed me to who my current co-packer is and has been for the last eight years. And they said, we can do it for you, but we're not free. <laughs> I had to change the formula and make it sunflower seed and was still working in digital marketing. I was a digital marketing manager and I had my son. So I was like telecommuting for work before it was COVID. So before it was the cool thing to work from home. So I had that luxury of being able to take care of my kid and work and work on good deeds. Um, so I saved 5,000, set up the LLC 
and then just made a wish. And I, I launched in October of 2015 with one mix and I was determined to make a brownie mix. But a month after I launched, I got pregnant with my second, another wow. boy. And I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. I don't want to keep working and have two kids and doing the business. So I made a brownie mix. I launched it in July, August 2nd. I was in the hospital recovering from my C-section and I, I had my phone. I was like, okay, so I'm looking at it. And my brownie mix had hit number one on Amazon. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm in the hospital. And so I looked at my husband. I go, I'm number one on Amazon. He's like, great, like, calm down. You just had a surgery. And I go, no, but I'm number one. And I go, that's crazy. And he goes, okay, like, let's do it then. Let's, you do this full time. So it was nice to have him with that support. And it worked out because I actually had been let go. After I was pregnant, I was seven months pregnant. So we were like, should I get another job after I have my second? Should What should I do? And then I haven't looked back. It's so nice when you have that partner support too, right? Like, okay, that vote of confidence to know, all right, I got like, I know I believe in myself, but at least I got one more person who's like, all right, yes. you got it. That, that little push that's like, all right, let's do this. Because I always say that like partners are the unofficial board members. They're the advisor to the CEO. They are in every board meeting, even though they're not. Like <laughs> it is, they're the one proofing the email before you send it. That's all of those little things, right? For sure. I mean, he's going to hear this, feel really good about himself. But yes, he did help me, especially because I was recovering from my C-section after I got back to New York. And he was the one in the morning would take all my packages. So he would have like on his way to work, he's carrying all these packages from the post office. And then on the way back, he'd come pick up more packages because I was packing everything myself and he would ship everything for me. So, and I told him, I go, you really think I can do this? Because it was scary. And so he goes, yes. I think that's such an important thing to say out loud. Like it is scary, but you push through anyways. And that's the courage and, and that side of it as a founder, because People see the finished product, right? I can go on your website now. People listening to this, they go to Goodies and they go, wow, look at this. You got all these mixes, you got cake mix, cookie mix. Oh my God, it's so buttoned up and it's there, right? But they forget that there's that first part when you say, I'm going to put five grand that I've saved up into this and like cross the fingers and let's see what happens. Right? And I honestly, I thought I'd have more time at my job at the time. So I'd have some income coming in. New York is not a cheap place to live. And I didn't love having that pressure on my husband, especially because we had two kids now. But I mean, it worked out. And then I just started cranking out mixes because a lot of companies will hire a food scientist to make their mixes. And while I don't have any kind of food background besides the fact that I love it, um, I was the one who was making all the mixes. And I think that, you know, my co-packer at one point was like, so who's making these recipes for you? I was like, I'm doing it. And they're like, like unheard of, weird. I very naively thought when everyone's releasing these products, they are just in their kitchen, figuring it out, <laughs> trying these crazy ingredients. And that's not really the case. So the one edge I think that I had and why I was able to release so many mixes um, was because I was creating them in my kitchen using these kind of funky ingredients myself. And I know exactly how they work. I can talk about the product all day long. I know how each component of the mix works because I made it. Right. You were there truly getting your hands dirty. A hundred percent. Yeah. Very, very cool. Now, when you launched and you got it up and running 
and you get to the top of Amazon. Okay, that you know, you get out of the hospital, you know, and you're you know, you're back home and you're raising some young children. Was it the next move? Was it like, okay, I'm going to go out and raise money? Did you bootstrap? I've never raised money. And congrats. Thank you. I'm controlling. So uh, when you raise money, people have opinions. And I've seen a lot of companies in my realm um, where once people got those investors, it definitely, you can tell it shifted. It wasn't the same. I don't know if that makes sense. It just wasn't the same feeling. Um, and some of them are no longer here. It honestly, when you take in investors, it's interesting because it can, in CPG terms, it can decrease your shelf life because you get all of this cash but the investors want to see rapid growth and a sale and they want to get the return or they want to make money. So not only are you going to get their voices now into the company taking different directions, but the pressure to maybe not grow as sustainably is going to be there. When people bootstrap and they're able to grow, hey, if you have a month where the sales aren't as great, that's okay. You can like, I can, you know, you got the thick skin, you can wear it. You're like, I got this. I've, t I've, I've seen this entrepreneurial, you know, jab before I've taken this, the punch. Like I always equate it to like a boxer when the second <laughs> time they see a punch, they're able to just slip it and it doesn't hurt as much. Yes. Right. So it's like, okay, you've seen that punch before, but there's not a pressure of, yeah, investors trying to turn your company into their company. You know, you, you said it really well at the end of the day, I care, right? This is my little baby and they're not going to care as much. It's kind of like with anything, when you have kids, when you have a partner, anything. No one's going to care as much as you do. Right. I'm, right. it's just not going to happen. I'm no one's going to love my kids like I do. <laughs> and I can send them to the best school in the world. They're not going to care. It doesn't matter. They're, they're going to like them. They'll take care of them, blah, 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 but they're not going to nurture them. They're not going to love them like I do. So that's how it was for me. I like it. No, it's, it's, it's good to have that and to know where you want to take the company, what it is and what you hope for it to be. Now, we talked off air. There's a really interesting thing with your product that's kind of come full circle. So I want to pass the mic to you to just like tell me about your mother and what's going on there. Sure. So my mom inspired me, you know, and you'll see it on my website. I grew up with her ha always having type 2 diabetes and always eating like these sugar-free products that were, now that I look back, they just had junk in them, if we're really being honest. Like now that we just know so much, you always what is it? Knowledge is power. As you go on, you learn more and you figure it out. And so she's a huge inspiration. A lot of the mixes are inspired by things she would make for me. We're Middle Eastern. So a lot of like the Lebanese desserts, there's a inspiration from that being from Texas. There's inspiration from that. Um, having said that, sadly, she was diagnosed last June, end of May, June with stage four breast cancer. And breast cancer is very scary. Um, and diabetes is also very scary. So I think, you know, what they told us was like, we need you to manage both. And so I think that she had a medicine, it was working for her. And the way stage four, it's okay if I explain this, but like the way stage four breast cancer works is that you don't really do the surgeries and the chemo, depending on which type that you have, you do uh, therapies, there's targeted therapies now. Um, and you kind of just go from one to another. And once one stops working, you try another one. She was able to get 11 months out of the first line of treatment. And then we recently got the news that it wasn't working and her cancer has unfortunately spread a little bit. So they found it. But listen, the good news is there's another therapy for you. Great. The bad news is it raises glucose levels and she's already diabetic. We didn't know how much it was going to raise her glucose levels. So she took her first dose and it went to over 500 and they were scared she was going to go into a diabetic coma. So they sat us down. And my mom's like, oh, you know what? It's fine. I'll just do something else. Wait, they kind of looked at each other They're like, you kind of have to make this one work. Like this is one that we 
strongly recommend that it's going to work for you. And she goes, okay, so, but it's doing this. They go, so you need to work on your diabetes and figuring that out. And from then on, I've been able to incorporate my mixes. She's an amazing baker. And so I've been able to incorporate my mixes. She has her amazing twists on my stuff. Like she's just natural in the kitchen. Like she doesn't measure anything and she just adds stuff. And so now she's living, you know, the same lifestyle I am, which is a low carb lifestyle, which is very new for her. Um, so she's been making my bread mix and using that for breakfast. She always likes something sweet with her Arabic coffee in the morning. So she's been making my stuff. She likes to add rose water or orange blossom to things. And it makes, I don't want to get emotional. I'm going to cry. <laughs> it just makes me so happy. No, it's, it's beautiful because in that situation, it allow it doesn't deprive a person of the joys that they've had their whole life and become accustomed to, where it's not saying to a person, hey, we're in this very unfortunate situation, and now I'm going to make you eat lettuce <laughs> and carrots only. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? That's your life from now is like, is lettuce and carrots. Like, you know, it, it's just... You tell that to a person who's, they're going to be like, yeah, they're going to be like, GTFO. I'm going, <laughs> I mean, no one tells her what to do. So this yeah. is like very hard for her. And she spent her whole life like making us food, feeding us. So, you know, this is hard for her. So of course she had to add her own twist. She won't just eat it how I make it. She has to add her own twist. That's the parent. That's the parent in her coming out, right? Hey, oh, you did that? I'm going to make it mine. I can make it better. I can make it. (laughs) We do that anyway. Like I even have on my Instagram, like her name is Hayat, which means life in Arabic. And she has her own, like, what is it called for her, for the stories, like the history and it's saved. And you can see everything that she's added her own twist to. And now that she's doing it now and still able to eat, you know, because for us, Food also invokes memories, traditions, and I don't want her to lose that. And so it's just funny to see her. She'll take my mix and she goes, I made this without egg and I did this and you should do this next time. It'll make it better. I was like, I already produced like thousands of those. So (laughs) no. (laughs) Food is is an interesting thing for legacy and it's a way for traditions to carry on and, you know, like things like that. But now it's cool to hear that, you know, she's able to, put a spin on or help or at least experience the legacy that you're going to leave and build through this company where it's able to say, hey, taking a lot of those things that you love, but you're able to do them in a low carb way for people to, hey, if you have diabetes, you know, or if you have glucose issues, you can enjoy these foods and you can do so in a way that is sustainable, right? For people to, if they want to have that every morning, they want to have that that, that cookie with their, with their coffee. You know, it's not sustainable. And the thing is, there's a lot of food out there that is quote unquote healthy or quote unquote low sugar and whatever. And it's not good. So I think what's important is like someone, because I love food so much, I only made things that I would eat myself. And that's why you won't find me with a mix, like a pumpkin mix. I get asked all the time, will you do a pumpkin bread, a pumpkin muffin? I don't like pumpkin. so I'm not going to make it. (laughs) Everything I've made, I'm tied to it in some way. The devil's food cake mix reminds me of the chocolate cake my mom used to make me. Cornbread, I grew up on it in Texas. Everything is, there's a reason why I release it. Maybe that's not the smartest thing. I'm not doing this market research. I'm doing things that, you know, and I think I have really good taste in food, (laughs) but I'm doing things that I really enjoy and that I know that I would eat because I'm not going to be disingenuous about it. And that's the thing where 
to hell with market research. Do what you like, because if you like it and you're actually putting your heart and soul into it, that's going to make a great product. And that's going to be the thing that you're going to enjoy making for the next 10, 20 years, right? I equate a lot of things to like fitness and same thing with diets, right? Where it's easy to do something for 30 days. Yes. Oh, I'm on the whatever program. I'm on this thing. <laughs> Finding stuff that you actually enjoy over the course of your life whether so for fitness, that could be if you like weightlifting, you like running, you like playing tennis, you like whatever that is. And but you yes. love that thing. Oh, you can do that for the next 25 years. OK, do that. Like yes. it's going to be good. Same thing with food and diet. Right. Hey, find sustainable snacking, find ways that fit into your lifestyle or that you enjoy. And same thing with building a business. If you enjoy making those recipes and doing that. OK, now, you know, seeing yourself 10 years from now doing that same thing instead of being like, I'm creating, oh, great, pumpkin selling like crazy, but I don't like the product. That's not going to be fulfilling. You're going to no. be sitting there just being like, okay, I just created a job for myself, which is not <laughs> that feeling, right? That you exactly have. opposite of what I wanted to do. I just won't do it. And I think that's the other thing. I didn't start this company like maybe some other entrepreneurs with the intention of getting investors and selling. I did it because I'm in it for the long haul. And I think. Some people are not, but I can say that I 100% stand behind my business and 100% I live this lifestyle. I'm very sugar conscious. I'm low carb. It's not just because it at one point was like super, super popular. I started this before it became super popular. Like keto right. didn't hit its real peak until 2018, 2019. So I was doing it thinking like some people didn't know what keto was. <laughs> and so they're like, what is this? I'm like, oh keto like what's keto and so that's kind of how it's evolved but it just you know my parents came as immigrants in the late 60s early 70s started from nothing and my dad started a business doing what he loves to do he's a, an amazing tailor and he's a suit designer and literally came didn't speak english one of his and then he had lbj president lbj as one of his customers wow. lbj made a joke and said, okay, I'll be back tomorrow. And my dad had his Arabic English dictionary and he had like a woman helping him. And he goes, what did she say? And he, she said, oh, he said coming tomorrow. He didn't pick up on the fact that he was kidding. So my dad stayed up all night and finished his sport coat by hand. Wow. <laughs> and so, you know, and they're still running the business now. And, you know, like I started this with that same intention, not this whole, let me flip it and do the, no, this I'm in this for the long haul. Right. Building something you're excited to go to every day. Right. I think that's huge. Now, before I let you go, where can people grab some good D's? Um, where's the best place for them to, to order? And then where should they connect with you online? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm good D's mix. I'm same on TikTok, same on Facebook. My mixes are at gooddees.com. G-O-O-D-E-S.com. Uh, -E 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 I'm also on Amazon, Amazon Canada, Amazon UK. And my sprinkles are at Erewhon in California if anyone wants to grab them there. Very, very cool. Dina, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. 